Okay, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's something coming. (laughs) Something big that's coming that's just around the corner. The air's bed is coming. (laughs) Hooray! (laughs) You know, there's signposts to it everywhere we look. There's twinkly lights up and festive food in the supermarket aisles that I'm sure a few of us have been eyeing up. There's seasonal shop windows with all the latest gifts on offer. Christmas is coming and the goose is getting fat, as they say. That's an expression, isn't it? Yeah, I didn't just make that up. (laughs) I've never had goose for Christmas. Anybody had goose for Christmas? A few people? Is it nice? Yeah? Cool. And I'm really sorry if that reminds you that, you know, you've got this long list of things to do and presents to buy before the 25th of December. Um, but we have, um, we've got Jeff Newton with us next week. Hooray. And the week after that, we've got Ian and Marge Russell with us. So, yeah, that's really cool, isn't it? But um, that means that, so next Sunday is actually the first Sunday in Advent. So um, I'm not sure what Jeff and Ian are going to speak about, but I wanted to take the opportunity this morning just to kind of prepare us for this Advent season that is soon upon us. Um, So I was thinking back to in my early 20s, which is quite a long time ago now, um, I used to work in a bookstore called Borders. Um, Anyone remember that? It was such a good shop. I'm so gutted that it's closed. But it was a lovely place to work, and um, it was in Leeds City Centre. And, um, you know, I was thinking back to um, once the summer sales were over, we would get all the kind of Christmas stock out, you know, seasonal things and all the calendars for the next year. Like this was in like late August, September time. So for four months of the year, we're gearing up to Christmas. And um, yeah, I've got to admit that while I worked there, you know, surrounded by Christmassy things and working in the city centre, surrounded by shops and, you know, all this, re- what I can called consumer Christmas. That's what I was surrounded with. And you know, it's easy to get kind of caught up in that when you're in that environment all the time. And we can be so swept up in all the, I think they call it like the trappings and the trimmings of Christmas, all the kind of extra stuff, if you like. We can be so caught up in that because kind of that's what culture does and society does. And, um, you know, it's a time where there are pressures and expectations that we can put on ourselves And others can put on us as well. And, you know, even as Christians, we can feel that. And, um, you know, we're bombarded by adverts for products, aren't we, and and stores. um, And they're Christmas adverts, one of which my brother produced this year. So I'm very proud. It it features a little bear about that high. Um, So even though that they're they're cute... They're cute adverts and things, but we're kind of, it's just in our face all the time. And then, you know, it, that means that we can even, because we can be so familiar, can't we, with the Christmas story, we can kind of just almost forget, because of what we're surrounded by, we can almost forget what it is that we're waiting for, what is coming. And uh, sometimes it's, you know, the week before Christmas when we come together or even on Christmas Day if you go to church on Christmas Day that can be when we like give our full attention to what it is that we're waiting for what it is that's coming a few years ago I bought a book and I've shown you it before called The Greatest Gift by my favorite author called who 
I'm, I'm going to give you a test. Who's my favourite author? Oh, you guys, you, you definitely pay attention, you guys. <laughs> yeah, by Anne Voskamp. And um, yeah, it's a wonderful book. And I think maybe a few of you have that as well. But I picked this up. It's called The Greatest Gift. And it's completely changed the way I see and approach Advent. And um, for a church like ours, so for, you know, kind of Church of England churches, they very much follow Advent. And, and we don't do that as much. Um, and I've really enjoyed just um, settling myself down, giving some time just to go through Advent and just think about the coming of Jesus, you know, since the beginning of time. Um, yeah, Advent means coming, by the way, if you didn't know that. And uh, so Advent for me, it's no longer about getting a chocolate every day, although, you know, that's a nice thing to have as well. But it's about um, waiting and preparing for what's to come. And, uh, you know, as Christians, which I think all of us in this room are, um, you know, we live in the reality of the greatest gift, don't we? We live in the reality of what Jesus came to do and what he accomplished and that relationship that we now have Um But it's good for us to remember. It's good for us to remember again each year what exactly we're celebrating. What the impact of Jesus coming has had for us personally and the world. And, you know, the hope that's in Christ for all mankind, for all humanity. You know, it's good for us to remember things like the Jewish people waited years, hundreds of years for the Messiah to come. The Messiah that we now get to call saviour and friend. That's amazing. So the book, The Greatest Gift. Now, I don't, I'm not elevating this book above the Bible or any other book above the Bible. But it's just been really helpful to me in the Advent season. Over the, I've done it for about three or four years now, just followed it. And it's a devotional, really. And uh, it goes from December the 1st to December the 25th. And the author weaves in the story of Jesus' coming right from Genesis through to Luke when Jesus is born. It's got a passage from the Bible. It's got like a devotional section, then kind of reflective questions that get you to think about like what, what this means, what you're reading means for you, and also missionally, how can you reach out? What, yeah, how's it going to affect how you reach out to others? And uh, yeah, I found just that carving out a space each day in Advent even when things are really manic the week before Christmas, is just so fulfilling and it's so worthwhile to do. Um, I don't know what things are like in your house on the morning, on a morning. Um, It might be very quiet because it might be just you or the two of you. But our house is not quiet in the morning. (laughs) It is if they're allowed to, you know, go on their Kindles or whatever or read. Um, They're always allowed to read. But um, it can be quite noisy, and I kind of think, no, I really can't do everything that needs to be done on the morning while the kids are around and, you know, pay attention to this devotional. So, um, yeah, I usually come down a bit before everybody gets up and get a cuppa and get some blankets on the sofa and just go through it or wait until the school run's done. But, um, yeah, I think quiet just really helps us to I don't know if you ever tried to do anything that's reflective while there's loads of stuff going on it doesn't really work does it you can't pay full attention to it so I think just getting a space and a place and quiet can really help us just to focus and reflect 
And for me, you know, there's always a lot to do. I'm sure for all of us, there's always a lot to do for Christmas. You know, for me, there's church Christmas stuff to organise, family Christmas stuff to organise. But time out to read God's word anyway, whether it be Christmas or not, is, you know, paramount. Um, Yeah, it's just doing that has had such an effect on me in this season that we're going to enter into. And it brings me to a place of peace and just awe, just awe of what, what God has done. You know, as familiar as we can be, there is still an awe that we need to capture. Yeah. So, um, you know, doing this particular devotion, it's one of many, I should say. Um, It really helps me to think beyond as well, just like what I'm doing with my family and friends and church family. But what am I doing? What are me and my family doing beyond to reach out to people at this time of year because people they need to um they need to experience god don't they They need to encounter god they need to be shown a demonstration of his love and of hope and peace and joy and we're actually i'm going to get you to do a bit of reflecting on that together later so just hold that in your heads so um yeah i've talked about us being familiar with this christmas story um, but it's so, you know, Mary, it said Mary pondered in her heart these things. And, uh, you know, for us to ponder the reality and the wonder of who God sent and why. It's just so good for us to do, so important. And, you know, we mustn't forget that when we're thinking about Jesus coming to earth and retelling the story of it, that it was by an unfathomable miracle that's never, ever been repeated, by the way. <laughs> and it's an unfathomable miracle. I think we use that word in indescribable, unfathomable. You just can't get your head around it. But it was an unfathomable miracle. I'm going to read you a story. It's actually taken from Luke um, chapter 1, 26 to 38, but I'm not going to read it in a Bible translation. I'm going to read it from this yeah. book which again, I've shown you. And in our house, this is a favourite, and you can tell that because <laughs> the cover is completely separate from the pages. But this is called the Jesus Storybook Bible. And it is all about um, how Jesus has been coming. There's been a rescue plan right from the beginning of time. And I'm just going to read the story about when um, the angel visited Mary. I should have marked the page, but I didn't somewhere here. Here we go. Okay. There was a young girl who was engaged to a man named Joseph, and Joseph was the great, 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 great grandson of King David. Wow. Yeah. One morning, this girl was just minding her own business when suddenly a great warrior of light appeared right there in her bedroom. He was Gabriel, And he was an angel, a special messenger from heaven. And when she saw the tall, shining man standing there, Mary was frightened. You don't need to be scared, Gabriel said. God is very happy with you. Mary looked around to see if he was talking to somebody else. Mary, Gabriel said, and he laughed with such gladness that Mary's eyes filled with sudden tears. Mary, you're going to have a baby, a little boy. You will call him Jesus. He is God's own son. He's the one. He's the rescuer. 
The God who flung planets into space and kept them whirling around and around. The God who made the universe with just a word. The one who could do anything at all was making himself small and coming down as a baby. Wait, God was sending a baby to rescue the world? But it's too wonderful, Mary said and felt her heart beating hard. How can it be true? Is anything too wonderful for God? Gabriel asked. So Mary trusted God more than what her eyes could see. And she believed. And she said, I am God's servant. Whatever God says, I will do. I love how that puts that. I just think it's, it really brings that to life, doesn't it? Can you imagine? Just close your eyes if you want to. Can you imagine how Mary felt when that angel, when angel Gabriel appeared to her, even before he began to speak? And then when he started to speak, telling her that she would conceive and give birth to a son, never mind it being the son of God. How could that be? She knew that she was a virgin. And then when Gabriel tells her that this son born to her would be called Jesus, And would be the son of the most high God. And that his kingdom would never end. I mean, wouldn't you be laughing like Sarah, Abraham's wife, when she was told that she would uh, have a, a child in her old age? Wouldn't you be laughing in Gabriel's face? But, you know, Mary creates a space in her heart to receive this word and this assignment from the Lord. As the space inside her becomes the place where Jesus the son of the most high would be formed and nurtured. Mary was the first one to experience Emmanuel, God with us. And for those of us who have become Jesus followers, the joy is now that God's presence is living on the inside of us. Jesus inhabited Mary's body, but he now inhabits our hearts. Even if they're messy, like the manger that he was laid in as a newborn baby. There's a line actually from, we sang Indescribable this morning. I don't think we sang this line, but there's a line that says, you see the depths of my heart and you love me the same. And that gets me every time I sing that because if we're honest with ourselves, we know what's really going on in our hearts. We know the good and the bad and the downright ugly stuff. And I believe that God knows that even more than actually we have an awareness of. But yet he desires to inhabit our hearts with his presence anyway, so that he can transform us from the inside out. And that's the whole reason that he sent Jesus to earth. This presence, his presence, is the greatest gift. So no present on your Christmas gift wish list or no person on your Christmas uh, wish list can compare to the gift of God's presence, Emmanuel God with us. You know when you've um, you received the best present ever, you want to just like call someone or text someone or FaceTime them, or maybe that's just me. Don't know. <laughs> you know, I remember at school after Chris, after the Christmas holidays, we used to have like a show and tell where we could bring in like our best present as long as it wasn't you know massive and it was okay to carry to school. It wasn't too expensive. And then we yeah we just used to bring it in and like have a show and tell session. And uh, 
you know, we've received and actually we're continuing to receive the best present ever. You know, God's presence, it brings us peace and it brings us joy and love and hope and restoration and purpose and life in all its fullness. That's what the Bible says. So what do we want to do with that? Who are we going to tell? Who are we going to share our hearts with? Who are we going to reach out to? The world needs to know that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, will not die, but will have eternal life. John 3.16. The world needs to know that. You know, it's interesting the testimonies that came this morning about sharing with people and about people being actually kinder than you think and more open because I think, I found personally that this time of year people are just, they're open more to hearing about Jesus even if they don't celebrate him at Christ Mass. They know that Christmas is something about the baby Jesus and I think we've got an open door to people in this season and that, that people are more receptive not just to goodwill, but to the good news of Jesus. So I'm going to get us to have a think about two questions in groups of about three or four. Are you up for that? Yeah. I'll tell you what it is. So two questions. The first question is, what can I do, what can you do, to pause each day and ponder the wonder of Jesus' coming to earth in this Advent season? What can I do to pause each day and ponder the wonder of Jesus is coming to earth? And the second thing is, how can I take the opportunity to reach out and give to others who need Jesus in this season? Yeah, give yourselves a round of applause for sharing all of that. There are a few things in there that I was thinking about. So um, the reverse advent calendar that I think Josh spoke about um, I, I just saw actually something that Hannah posted on Facebook was that St. Vincent's, which is just down the road, um, their cupboards are really empty at the moment and um, they need food so they can make food parcels. So I was thinking, you know, we could do um, either, you know, we could do a corporate one or we could do it as families or individuals. But um, so reverse advent calendar where instead of taking something each day, you put something in a basket or a box. And then I guess St. Vincent's would appreciate it before December the 25th. But, um, you know, put a few extra things in at the end and then and then pass it on. They're, they're just down the road. But, but, yeah, there's food banks and things that um, would be uh, very um, welcoming of, of some more stock. And I think quite a lot of supermarkets have trolleys, don't they, for like St. George's Crypt and different things I've seen dotted around as well. So I think that's reverse advent calendar is a great one. And for the kids as well to get involved with, to teach them. It's not about everything that's on their Christmas list that they want or would like. But actually, it's about demonstrating God's love and being the provision to somebody else. And uh, yeah, um, so I would really encourage you to look for um, uh, an Advent Bible reading plan because it can really help to for us to read um, the Christmas story in a different way. I've actually printed one out. If anyone wants to take one, you're very welcome. They are the scriptures that um, are in this book, The Greatest Gift. So this is just one of many um, Advent reading plans. But if you've got um, the Bible app on your phone or your device, then they have loads of Advent uh, plans to take you through and uh, just a little devotional, a little um, 
passage of scripture for you to read each day. And it's really, it's really helpful. All that stuff, those resources, really helpful to us. Um, so I hope that this morning you're just provoked a bit and inspired to just be a bit more intentional, to not get swept up. By the way, I'm not saying that there's any, um, that, that enjoying the twinkling fairy lights and decorating the tree and eating Christmas cake and all that stuff. I'm not saying that's wrong or sinful. Um, but I do think we can enjoy that as well, knowing that Jesus is all about Jesus, isn't it? And just keep keeping him front and center and um, that, that um, impacting us and impacting the conversations that we have and the way that we reach out. So lastly, I talked earlier about people being more receptive at this time of year. So I really, and Jordan kind of pit me to the post on this, but um, I want you to think about who you could invite this Christmas to church. Think about, pray about, who is it that you could extend an invitation? We've got um, our all-age Christmas service on the 17th of December. So that's going to be fun and it's going to be family orientated. And then we have a shorter carol service actually on Christmas Eve, 24th of December. And we're going to have some postcards that you can use as an invite. So just be thinking, be asking God, be listening for his prompting about who you could invite. And uh, we're going to be using those leaflets as well to invite people to, um, from, sorry, like Messy Church, Stay and Play, Connect Youth Group, all of the community groups. And, um, you know, we've got our live nativity on the 16th of December and you know that's not it is for people in the local community but invite people to that too um so yeah just want to leave you with that thought you know wouldn't it be wonderful to see this place packed out with people who could hear the good news of Jesus for perhaps the first time in their lives okay bless you guys thanks for just being awesome have a great week in this house we are real. But we also make mistakes. And when we do, we make sure we say sorry. We give second chances to anyone. And we also have lots of fun. In this house, we definitely forgive. We also do loud. We give the best hugs. We are family. And in this house, that means we, we love. love.